Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to episode 18 of This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast for all news, information, releases, and good times for all. Yeah, good times for all is a new slogan I'm going with. We're going to see how that works. I'm Ryan Panagos, also known as Agent M, the executive editorial director for Marvel Digital Media and Marvel.com, joined by... I am Marvel.com associate editor Ben Morrison. You couldn't see it because you can't see anything we're doing, but when Ryan was counting us down beforehand, I was doing the Wayne's World hand motions, which if any of you are over 25, you might get. Yeah. Definitely, uh, I don't think our intern, Nancy, yeah. who's with us, she, do you get that joke? Mm-hmm. She does. She does. How old do you think I am? Five? I don't know. Six? Ten, yeah. Eleven? We're also going to have Mark Strom chime in from the West Coast in a little while, and we're going to have a special guest. Special guest. We, uh, we have a light week this week for some of the podcast information, so we're going to bring in Jim Viscardi, who's in our sales communications yes. team. We wanted to give a different view of life inside Marvel. And James would be a great guest any week, not just on a light week. We it's, can't really have guests when we have super packed weeks, period. It doesn't matter about I who just, we have. I just want the world to know James Viscardi is no filler. No, he's not. He's no seat filler. Sure. Not. He joins the ranks of Janine Schaefer, Nick Lowe, and Jordan White as guests of this podcast. You've got a fantastic four right there. Anyway, let's get into the first section of This Week in Marvel. We're talking about Marvel Comics on sale this week. Ben, start us off. Sure. We kick things off, as we often do, with Amazing Spider-Man, which this week has the headline above it, The Galaxy's Greatest Superhero. Um, and that's because Spider-Man is in space this week. Uh, it's written by Dan Slott, again, helped out by Chris Yost. It is illustrated by Giuseppe Camincoli, and it features Spidey going up into space to uh, check out some problems going on in the Apogee space station. It's run by Horizon Labs. His good buddy and J. Jonah Jameson's son, John Jameson, is up on the space station communicating with them when something goes horribly wrong. And this issue is actually the first since his return, uh, Human Torch Spider-Man team-up which is always a good time. Such great banter. Fantastic banter. If you remember a few years back, Dan Slott wrote the Spider-Man Human Torch limited series, which you can pick up in collected edition, Spider-Man Human Torch, I'm with Stupid, um, <laughs> which is a great title, but oh, so so much fun. It's drawn by, I think it was drawn by... Uh, Ty thinking, Templeton? Yeah, it was drawn by Ty Templeton. That's what I wanted to say. Great series, but here just, you know, Slott loves writing these two characters together. He has a lot of fun with it. It's kind of cool because since... Johnny Storm's been back, you know, we've really seen him in Fantastic Four and FF, where there's big, epic, heavy stories going on, so there's not really a chance for him to almost be Johnny Storm. We're getting to see the more heroic, mature side of him, but here in Amazing Spider-Man, we get to see that, you know, he's still Johnny Storm underneath it all, gives Spidey a hard time, Spidey gives him a hard time, they're hilarious with the banter, and then once they get up into space, uh, they have a bunch of different threats to face. Uh, This is kind of a prelude to Ends of the Earth, which we'll talk about more later in the show. But Dr. Octopus, one of his long-term schemes, involves the Apogee Space Station and some of his Octobots. It ends up in a very, very creepy threat, which Spidey, the Torch, and John Jameson have to combat. But, you know, Amazing Spider-Man is just such a well-rounded, awesome comic with great art, great writing, a diverse character cast. Um, you know, Human Torch is a great guest star here, but you've also got J. Jonah Jameson, got the gang at Horizon. It just packs a lot of everything you'd want in a classic comic book. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I think Amazing Spider-Man is the best it's been in years right now, and this fits right in with a different kind of adventure because it's not often you see Spidey in space. So, you know, a whole different flavor brought to the table. Totally. 
Astonishing X-Men number 47 is out this week by Greg Pak, Mike McCone, and Rochelle Rosenberg. Wraps up the big story arc that the team has been putting together where Cyclops has been thrust into this alternate reality with a cool old-timey Wolverine and various different versions of X-Men characters. I said it before, we say it again. It's got that super cool what-if slash exiles slash alternate reality vibe that I crave. And uh, it's, a, it's a really cool wrap-up to the whole story. Everything isn't tied up neatly with a bow. It's, it's a very heavy, very X-Men story. It's, it's really terrific. And it ends with, uh, a, this isn't a huge spoiler, but Cyclops drinks a beer. Yeah. Uh, so if you were looking for that in your comics, it happens. Yeah, it happens right there on the last page. There's, yeah. no, there's no question about it. And then next issue, we're going to get a whole new direction for the book with Marjorie Liu coming on. Jumping from Team Cyclops to Team Wolverine is bum, astonishing bum, X-Men. It's a huge defection. Yeah. Uh, it's going from, from blue to gold. Yep. So, great stuff. On that. The Avengers, number 23, by Brian Michael Bendis and Daniel Acuna, is the penultimate, one of our favorite words, chapter <laughs> to the uh, Norman Osborn Hammer saga that's been playing out in both Avengers and New Avengers. This is the penultimate installment for Avengers. Hammer and Norman Osborn have captured all the Avengers, or at least the majority of them had them cooped up they've been kind of running roughshod on them the last few issues this is somewhat the beginning of the avengers strike back portion of the story great moment for quake one of the well the newest member of the avengers uh she gets to have a big hero moment and kind of turn the tide of what's going on here there's just some great lines and great little character interaction bits going on throughout here whether it's iron man snarking it up with uh the people who have him captive or Spider-Woman trying to convince Quake that she's not a traitor, and then they ended up talking about how nice Spider-Woman's hair is, uh, which is great. By the end of the issue, the Avengers are kind of coming back together, assembling, if you will, but there's a last page reveal that there's still one big, big threat to overcome, so that'll be interesting to see. And Daniel Acuna, who's been the regular artist on this title for a little bit now, has really, he's always been fantastic. He's coming into his own here as just an awesome guy who can tackle the big guns of Marvel and make him look every bit as heroic and and spectacular as they should. So, nice stride on Avengers. Come to the end of a very good story. FF number 15 is out this week by Jonathan Hickman and Nick Dragota. Last week we talked a lot about Fantastic Four number 603. This is side-by-side with Fantastic Four, not only in, in it being a fantastic comic, a really great issue, it's also in step in the same story, in the timeline, in all the events that are going on. The, you should you really should read both books. They give different perspectives. They have a lot of uh, overlapping elements and characters and even some little splashes of dialogue, but that just shows how, how big this story is and how crazy it can get. And uh, with this, you focus a little bit more on the kids of the, fa- the Future Foundation, but it, it all leads back to the Mad Celestials and the big reveal that happened at the end of Fantastic Four 603. I just, I, I absolutely love yeah. this book. I... I think I bounced up and down as I was reading it. I was so excited for it. And I love the, in in the Power Pack guest appearance we get there, we get that great background scene where Bentley pisses off uh, uh, Katie Power. Katie Power is so great. Katie Power has always been great. She yeah. was she was the original Molly from Runaways. She totally was. Um, Take that, Brian K. Yeah, Vaughn. Brian K. Vaughn may have, may have stolen that part in Bronx. I bet he'd admit it. He's a humble dude. Very nice gentleman. Yes. Also this week we have Marvel's The Avengers Prelude. Fury's Big Week, issue number one. Now this, if you've been following along, we have the Prelude story as a digital um, digital comic. You can download it on the Marvel app. 
each issue. They come out every week. They're 99 cents. This printed version collects two issues of the digital and puts it in one printed issue. Hope that makes sense to you guys. But this is... Uh, I, what's really cool on the cover of this, it says Marvel Cinematic Universe Official Tie-In, which lets you know that this is canon for the movie universe, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as we call it. So the stories are by Chris Yost and Eric Pearson, with uh, just some, some great art by Luke Ross and Daniel HDR, with inks by Mark Pennington. What it really does is fills you in on the gaps that happen in between all the movies that we've done so far. So Iron Man, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America, The First Avenger, Incredible Hulk, and The Avengers. It This is the book that shows you how they're all tied together. It's great, but it's also super important reading if you want to get more out of the Avengers film. It's really cool because I know like after, you know, after after each movie comes out, a lot of people will obsessively comb the clips and go on the yeah. internet and put together, okay, this I this saw is the this, timeline. Yeah, I saw this going on in the background because I saw this screen on that. And that's all well and good. But this actually tells you, yeah. hey, this is when this takes place in relation to this. So you can have an actual, official, coherent timeline of how all the movies fit together, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, and, uh, I, I, I know we've I've seen a bunch of exhaustive fan-created timelines, and they're not all correct. They're all wrong. <laughs> they, they are kind of wrong, yeah. which doesn't take away from how awesome it is to see the fans putting that much work into it. But um, this is more of the Bible that you should yeah. use to base off your timelines. Consider this your hard work rewarded with uh, the, Comics. Official, the, official, the official version in nice comic form. Yep. Moon Knight number 10 by Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev sees Moon Knight reeling pretty badly after last issue. He got the crap kicked out of him by Count Neferia, who also took down Echo. Uh, unfortunately, fatally took down Echo. So Moon Knight is recovering. He's looking for revenge. His supporting cast is kind of gathering around him, figuring out what he's going to do next. He's down to one personality, seemingly, in his head. Seemingly. Um, seemingly. You never know who's going to pop up. I can but, pop up. And, yeah. I need to call Ben doesn't have him write me into Moon Knight. Yeah, yeah. Give him a call. That's he, a thing. He always picks up. Yep. Um, <laughs> and unfortunately, the only, the only personality he has left is Wolverine. Who's the personality who just keeps telling him, dude, get up and keep fighting. What Kill are you this doing? thing. Kill, Kill this that guy. guy. So uh, things are rough for Moon Knight, but I, I actually, I, I number one, like the fact they bring in um, Count Nefarious' daughter, Madame Mask, great Iron Man villain who has branched out of late. And also we get to see Moon Knight's supporting cast, including some of his old supporting cast, whether they're actually there or not, playing a role. It's just, it's just this kind of really sad tale of a hero who's trying to a guy who's trying to do his best as a hero and just everything goes wrong for him. Yeah. And can he pull it together? The art by Malieve is just gritty and beautiful. And uh, can things get better for Moon Knight? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. All right, so I was talking about how I was bouncing around for, fan, for FF. You were. New Avengers, number 22. I was so excited when reading this. I, I, I don't know if I could choose anything else as my pick of the week, but we'll, mm -hmm. we'll talk about that afterwards. But New Avengers 22, Brian Michael Bendis, uh, Mike Diodato, Will Conrad. I mean, it's just big, huge, crazy Avengers action. It's the New Avengers team led by Luke Cage. And, you know, you got Wolverine, Iron Fist, Daredevil, Spider-Man, Ms. Marvel, Doctor Strange. I mean, it's, it's an awesome, fun team. They've gotten their tails kicked by Norman Osborn's Dark Avengers. And they've been played for fools. And they're 
really angry. I almost cursed right there. Mm. They're really angry, but things are now coming to uh, a real head. You find out what's going on with Victoria Hand, who double agent, triple agent, quadruple agent, just an agent. Gotta for read who? It. You, you gotta, gotta read, read it. it. And that's it, been building for years. Years. So that's and pretty I, it's cool. fantastic. Love the uh, way it plays out. There, there's a scene in the book where I was reading, I was like, oh, sh-. I was like, yeah. how would they do that? Yeah. Why would they do that? And I flipped the page, I was oh, like, yeah, that was, you guys, that was you really, you guys, you got me. There, so there's that. But there's a great scene with Norman Osborne. He's super crazy. I mean, mm-hmm. his craziness has got crazy. And there's. We don't one, know what's going on with him. I know, but that, that's. We, we know, well, I, you know, we've talked in the past how we know a lot of yeah. what's going on with books coming up, but we don't always get like the little details because we get the big picture stuff. Yeah. So it's always a treat when you get to read a book and I have no yes. idea what's yes. going on in this storyline. Exactly. And I love it. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I, I know where the Avengers are going right. uh, uh, on a larger scale, but yeah. this hit me so many times. Uh, and especially there's just one line where Norman Osborn says, trust me, I know what I am doing. It was so simple. But it's it's so it, to me it speaks so much about Osborne and yep. and all the awful stuff that's been going on, but the issue ends in uh, one of my favorite scenes yeah. of comics this year so I'm far. And I, I read it and I went oh I yelled out and my yeah. wife was like what's wrong with you? Yeah, that happens a lot. Oh man, so good. But, New Avengers know, 22. It is a really great issue, and we didn't even talk about Diodato's art, who's also rocking it on there. But you know, you know, what I really like right now, both on that and Avengers. I really like the Avengers rosters right now. Like you kind of talked about it there. Mm-hmm. Like the new Avengers is such a fun, quirky, almost un-Avengers, but hey, they are a team, or it's just these these this oddball group of heroes. And the Avengers are this. I meant to me- mention this in my when I talked about Avengers, but I didn't. It's just this cool mix of kind of classic Captain America, Iron Man. Who would have thunk it? Like Storm and Red Hulk, and then you've got like the the standbys like Vision and uh, Hawkeye, and then just Quake, who's a new character. It's a really great balance in both books. I, I really like the Avengers rosters right now. So yeah, so good. good. Avengers are in a good place. Good, good place. Just in time to get their butts handed to them by the X Men. <laughs> um, Six Guns wrapped up this week. We've been talking a lot about this book on the podcast. It is a modern day western limited series by Andy Diggle and Davide Gianfelice. The, the payoff is absolutely worth the build that we had up. This was, as much as it was a Western, it was kind of a conspiracy-laden thing where there's this South American country of Santa Diablo and uh, these various characters, cowboys, bikers, bounty hunters, all converge, um, and there's stuff going on as far as different military contractors, different corporations all fighting over a piece of this seemingly, you know, why is this important country? Um, It all comes together in this issue. The characters all come together. Uh, It's a group of five guys, well, one girl, four guys, who should, by all means, hate each other. They all have stuff against them, but in this issue, their personalities mesh together long enough for them to get the job done. It's got this kind of like these nice like grudging respect moments that I love. Yeah, it has. Yeah, always a fan of that. Yeah, you know, two people who like two two. Tough I know exactly guys. The, yeah. the specific yeah. point that, that two you're tough guys about. put it aside and they're like, all right, well, you know what, I, I could put up with you for this, <laughs> and you've earned my respect for this. It's great stuff. I think I think that again comes from watching wrestling. Watching wrestling. Um, yeah. But I also love it here. I mean, there's there's a ton of good stuff. It, it's hard to get into the guts of the book without spoiling the story itself. But I will say I love 
the explanation for why, even though there's only five characters, it is called Six Guns. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool thing. Um, the explanation comes from the two-gun kid, so that might tip you off a little bit. But <laughs> just some rad action sequences in here. Really love the storytelling. I'd love to see more of these characters. I love how it ended. And this is definitely something I would encourage people to check out, whether it's in stores, on the Marvel Comics app, on Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited eventually, and when the collection comes out. Keep your eyes out for it. Six Guns was a great great different kind of uh, limited series glad to have read it and speaking of different kind of limited series we got the 12 which is you pop, know, pop. the tale of uh, a bunch of golden age superheroes who have found themselves dropped into the present uh, it's also been a murder mystery that's been going on for a few years now it's by J. Michael Straczynski with great 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 art by Chris Weston um, we showed some previews from number 11 which isn't out yet uh last week on marvel.com and they look phenomenal he just gets better every second the murder mystery that's been unfolding the entire series uh the murder of the blue blade that we saw alluded to in issue one it took place a couple issues ago and they've been investigating it we get some of the backstory behind it yet i I have a feeling we still don't have all of it but you learn a lot more about at least two of the major players in the 12 stuff you didn't expect coming it's it's some interesting twists from JMS, it's definitely like a bigger, you know, value system story, which is interesting, which has been, you know, kind of thing all along, because these are characters from the 1940s dropped into, I mean, I don't know where they were initially dropped into, if they're in 2012 now, but they're, in they're here. They're here. Yes. It, they're, they're dropped into the present day. Do their values from World War II match up with ours today? In many cases, no. Is that right? Is that wrong? It turns out that a lot of the central mystery revolves around that. So it's a smart book. Uh, it's an action-packed book. And again, can't say enough about Chris Weston, who's just absolutely rocking it on art. Yep. This week we have Ultimate Comics, The Ultimates, number seven, by the Murderer's Road team of Jonathan Hickman, Isad Rubik, and Dean White. It's I mean, a Murderer's Row because they have all actually killed people. Yeah. That's true. Thank you. Yep. This issue you have The Ultimates, which is really now just... Hawkeye, Nick Fury, Black Widow, and Falcon heading over to talk to the Zorns. Zorn and Zorn, obviously yeah. spelled differently. And to to try and broker some peace, but really to try and get some help. Because Reed Richards, crazy, stupid, wild, insane Reed Richards in the Ultimate Universe is everything I just said. And yeah. he's bad news for the world, especially Ultimates and America. And Nick Fury is trying to play the board and trying to put some pieces in play to to stave off total destruction, really. While he's doing that, Reed Richards has his own plans. There's just this brutal moment where Reed Richards uses the city to counteract something that's going on that's coming from the Zorns. And it, it bummed me out. It was like there's this character who his role is peace. And that's mm-hmm. it. And he just gets taken out by Reed Richards and it was just such a bummer. But Reed Richards gets his in the form of a giant hulking creature. And uh, well played. Yeah. Way to dance yeah. around that I one. I danced around that one yeah. perfectly. And it's it's a terrific issue. A lot of stuff. It's it's really setting the stage for even crazier, bigger things it's to freaking happen. Freaking art, man. Oh my I I don't even know what to say. Don't yes, this is say. a book that I would love to just 
tear into yep. shreds. There it is. And 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 cover myself. In so them. pretty. I, I, it's it's the little things. It's the landscapes that Ribic and Dean White do. Yeah. Um. But also, man, I I've fallen in love with Zorn and Zorn. Ah, oh, seriously. Their character designs are so great, and the way they draw them are so awesome. This is as near a perfect comic uh, as as you'll find. Yeah. Very good. It, love it. it. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Elsewhere in the Ultimate Comics universe, Ultimate Comics X-Men number eight. Oh, I forgot to mention that uh, both Ultimate Comics, of course, include stickers for free digital copies. So yep. if you purchase the print, you can then get the sticker um, and you can get your free digital copy online. Yep. So And if you're, if you're not keen to keep the digital copy, give the code to a friend. Yes. Share your comics with someone else or vice versa. Keep the digital copy, yep. give the print copy to someone else. Okay. Just spread comics. Yes. Uh, Ultimate Comics X-Men number eight deals with Karen Grant, the former Jean Grey, what she has been up to since both the conclusion of Ultimate Comics X as well as the Ultimate Comics Hawkeye limited series. To the best of our knowledge, she had settled with one of the Zorns in one of their cities, but we know she had also been working as an operative for Nick Fury. This issue, which is a complete just mind warp, kind of throws all of that into question. Where do her loyalties lie? What is she up to? Is she still Jean Grey? Has she settled into this new personality of Karen Grant? It's tough to say a lot about this issue because, it, it, like, uh, like I was saying with Six Guns, it's really like a reveal every page. Yep. But uh, it's a very interesting cerebral comic written by Nick Spencer, illustrated by Carlo Barberi. And finally for this week, we have Venom number 13.4, which is part five, the penultimate chapter. <laughs> Of Circle of Four, and I love this great subtitle on the front, Venom Goes to Hell. <laughs> this is, it's, it's actually very cool because, you know, we've been following the storyline every week. It's been coming out weekly. This is the issue where Venom, Red Hulk, Ghost Rider, and X-23 really finally come together as a team. They've been fighting their individual battles here, and we'll see more of it in the final part. But they get some great banter. Uh, Red Hulk does a nice job as kind of de facto leader. Ghost Rider has some interesting moments, more Alejandra than Ghost Rider because she's doesn't have her powers through most of the issue. Venom gets some good stuff. Every character gets some good stuff. And this issue is kind of two parts. It's the whole storyline's been about temptation. Uh, Blackheart is trying to win over Ghost Rider, as well as our favorite, Damon Hellstrom, who's also in this issue, trying to get them over to his side. Uh, but Venom, Red Hulk, X-23 aren't having it, and there is a fantastic, goofy, tremendous last-page reveal on this one. Uh, it's drawn by Lan Medina. It's written by Rick Remender. The whole cir Circle of Four arc has been fun and crazy, and I recommend it highly. Totally. So we mentioned the Ultimate Books. They are available on the Marvel Comics app, same day as your print comics. But in addition to that, you can get Amazing Spider-Man number 680, Astonishing X-Men number 47, FF number 15, The 12 number 10, and Venom number 13.4, all on the app, same day as you can get the print copies. Right. So that's great. Ben, why don't you tell us about the collections available this week? Sure. Uh, the collection, the print collections on sale this week are Avengers Big Three, which collects some um, classic stories featuring the Big Three of the Avengers, as it implies, Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man. Carnage Family Feud, which is last year's Carnage Limited series. Uh, premier hardcovers of Fear Itself Black Panther, The Man Without Fear, as well as Fear Itself Herc. We have the first volume of FF by Jonathan Hickman, in softcover now. 
uh, Invincible Iron Man Volume 8, Unfixable, which is that awesome Doc Ock story. That's also in softcover. Kazar by Mark Wade and Andy Hubert, Volume 2. Kazar versus Thanos. Yes. The matchup we were all waiting for. Yes. I, it's I, a gorgeous book. Yeah, I, I read Volume 1 of this when we got it a few months ago, and I've been eagerly anticipating Volume 2, so I'm excited to see what happens there. Uh, the first volume of The Punisher by Greg Rucka is now out in hardcover. Spider-Man, The Fantastic Spider-Man, which covers some uh, stories from last year from Amazing Spider-Man when Spidey joined the FF. Ultimate Comics Ultimates by Jonathan Hickman, Volume 1, in hardcover. Uncanny X-Force, The Dark Angel Saga, Book 2, which is the conclusion of that, also in hardcover. X-Men Legacy, Five Miles South of the Universe, which I believe collects the entirety of Mike Carey's final arc on the book. That's in hardcover. X-Men Legacy Necrotia is out in softcover. X-Men Prelude to Schism is out in softcover. And we thank Max Beckman for helping us up with this list. And before we jump back into digital, I think we have to name a Twim of the Week. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. No, no problem. Yeah. No problem. My Twim of the Week is, is New Avengers. Where do you stand? I was already pretty much going there. Yeah. It was a great issue. I think you sold me as well. Uh, I'd throw Six Guns, Ultimates, and even Amazing Spider-Man in the mix. Uh, but I think New Avengers wins out. Just a fantastic comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would agree with those those really close ones. But for me, New Avengers, pff, best Avengers issue Bendis and, and team have done in a while, which is saying something because they're they're good. Yeah. But this was for me. It was like wow. Yeah, definitely. I, I would recommend you know if if anyone's kind of lapsed on Avengers, which is insane. They, these recent arcs with Norman Osborn kind of a good place to jump back on definitely I, I think they've all been coming out on the marvel comics app so i would get those to kind of gear you up for you know bennis is finishing up this year on avengers um it would, it's a nice place to jump back in if you maybe were reading avengers left for whatever reason and want to get back in get back in on these norman osborne arcs and then stick around for avx and for the end of brian's run yeah we talked about print collections but collections available on the marvel app this week include daredevil masterworks volume one Captain America, The Death of Captain America, Volume 2, The Burden of Dreams. That's a long title. It sure is. Ender's Game, Battle School. Fantastic Four, Masterworks, Volume 1. That's awesome. So great. Ultimate Spider-Man, Volume 7, Irresponsible. Wolverine, Weapon X, Volume 1, Adamantium Men. And Black Panther, Who is the Black Panther? Then as far as individual digital comics released on the app, some of our older stuff and catching up on other things... We have, as we continue to collect Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Malib's Daredevil, we have issues number 66 through 75. That's close to the end. I believe so. I, I, I want to say it ends right close it, to there. Yeah, because... I think I, 75 is either... If it's not the end, it's, the 75 might be the first issue of the last arc. Right. I'm not sure. Yeah, because Brubaker, I remember, was around yeah. 80. Yeah, yeah. I feel, like, I feel like I remember 75, like, they used that as the kickoff for this is the last arc. Sure. Or it might be the end. Who knows? Someone out there who's probably looked it up by now. The final six issues of Deadpool Core have also been added. Uh, Marvel's The Avengers Prelude, Fury's Big Week. We were talking about that. Issue four is up. The current series of Moon Knight is almost caught up with issues seven, eight, nine, and ten. The current issues of The Punisher, number seven and eight. Number six through nine of the current Wolverine series. Continue to catch up on X Factor, the current series, with issues number 33 through 38. And then begin collecting the current volume of X-23 with the first six issues of that. Great stuff. And then, 
in addition to the app, you can get Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited, and that's the subscription service that we provide on Marvel.com. Every day we release five books. So this week we've released Astonishing Thor 4 and 5, Hulk 46 and 47, that's the current series, the current series of Venom, the first issue, which mm-hmm. if you're a subscriber and you haven't read the, the series yet, boom, right there, yeah. jump on in. Avengers, the current series 12 through 16, Incredible Hulk 633 through 634, Invincible Iron Man 505 and 506, along with Namor, the first mutant, number 11. Then just today, we posted, assuming this comes up on Thursday, which I think it will, I got good odds on us this week, we just added Fantastic Four number 601, issues number 10 through 12 of the most recent Heroes for Hire series, and Wolverine, Hercules, Miss Monsters, and Mutants number 2. Tomorrow, Friday, we will be adding Fantastic Four number 602, as well as issues 5, 6, 7, and 8 of the 12. All right, so now we're going to talk about some stuff and, and other fun craziness available this week. From the toy aspect, Diamond Select Toys has released some Marvel vs. Capcom Minimates, so you can pick up Spider-Man vs. Chris Redfield box set, Wolverine vs. Beautiful Joe box set, Super Scroll vs. Crimson Viper specialty exclusive box set, and Storm vs. Jill Valentine specialty exclusive box set. Now we're going to kick it to Stromy to tell us about games and movies and TV uh, available this week. Stromy? Take us away. Hello there, faithful this week in Marvel Maniacs, Twim Maniacs. I've always wondered, when saying Twim Maniacs, is it Twimaniacs or Twim Maniacs? I don't know. You tell me. This is Mark Strom, uh, Marvel.com assistant editor, coming to you from Los Angeles with the latest in Marvel games and TV for this week. This week is particularly busy for us. It's been quite, it's been quite a week. First up, we have the Marvel Avengers Alliance game that just launched on Facebook. If you're listening to this on Thursday, the day it, it should be going up, the game just launched today, this week rather. You can play it now on Facebook. You can go in. You can play the game. It's a ton of fun. The basic premise is you play an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., and you're recruited by Nick Fury to go out and assist all of these Marvel heroes. It's a strategy game. You get to recruit different heroes onto your team and play as them. Some of the heroes you start with are Iron Man, Black Widow, you quickly acquire Hawkeye, and As you progress, you earn silver and gold, and with that you can acquire even more heroes. And the basic idea is there's been this mysterious pulse of energy that has littered the earth with debris of some kind that all of these villains are out there trying to get. So S.H.I.E.L.D. is responding to all these distress calls all across the world, Uh, You go to different cities, New York is the main one, and you take your team with you, and then you fight against, you know, various Hydra goons, AIM goons, you fight Viper early on, you fight a number of really classic Marvel villains, the Wrecking Crew I know is in there, 
there's uh, Doctor Doom, Loki, all sorts of different characters. It's a tough one, like I say. It's not like a Facebook game you've really played before. It's heavy on strategy. It uh, requires, well, more thinking than I am probably good at. But it is 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 great. It is uh, really really cool. I highly recommend you check it out on Facebook right now. You can also go to marvel.com and learn even more about it, of course, if you go to the game's landing. And, yeah, so you should go check that out. It's a great time. Also in games this week, we had Thor Defense of Asgard, a new Flash game on marvel.com and uh, marvelkids.com, I believe. This game uses art from Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, the Ant-Man series, which of course will be returning with a season two come April 1st on Disney XD. If you haven't played any of our Flash games on Marvel.com before, I highly recommend you go there and you check them out. They're all very, very great. This continues that tradition. It's, it's sort of like Tower Defense, I believe. Yeah, it's just another great game that you should check out. In Superhero Squad Online, we have new characters, including the Punisher. And the reason I'm so excited that you can now play the Punisher on Superhero Squad Online is because with each hero, they have... I'm not quite so sure what they call them. I think they're called Emotives or emoticons of some sort but you know when you're walking around as the hero in the different areas you can basically make them do different tricks and stuff well one of the punisher's tricks is that you can call out the punisher which is a small bunny version of the punisher that comes out in this tiny little car driving around and doing all sorts of tricks. It's amazing, it's incredible. If you go to Ryan H&M's blog on Marvel.com, I believe, or possibly his Tumblr, you can see a Bunisher GIF that we have from our friends at Gazillion who uh, produce and develop the Superhero Squad Online game. It's a ton of fun. Again, I always say this, but just go give Superhero Squad Online a chance if you haven't already. It's it's great. I think that pretty much covers everything we have in games. Apologies if I'm missing anything or if I seem slightly lower on energy than normal, but like I say, it's been nuts week. Next up, we have TV this week. We have... This Friday at 11 p.m. Eastern Time on G4, we begin encore presentations of, or excuse me, I misspoke. I believe we began these actually last Friday, these encore presentations of the X-Men anime series. So if you tune in this Friday, I believe you'll be able to see an encore presentation of the second episode of the X-Men anime series. If you missed it the first time around, 
it was a really great series. I think the character designs were phenomenal. Uh, the voice acting was great. We got Scott Porter from Friday Night Lights and several other shows to voice Cyclops. We got Steve Bloom, who voices Wolverine in Wolverine and the X-Men, the Superhero Squad show, several other versions of Wolverine. He voices Logan once again in this series. And later on this weekend, you will get to see a new episode of the Blade anime series, uh, which has moved to a new time slot on Sunday mornings at 4 a.m. And this week, we sort of begin to ramp up towards the finale as Blade gets closer and closer to catching Deacon Frost. And this is really the beginning of the end uh, this week in the series. I believe Blade is in Vietnam this week, and he encounters a vampire who has been in the jungle for quite some time. And yes, you get to... uh, uh, see things really start to ramp up, particularly leading into next week on the series. And that covers everything for this week in games and TV. And with that, I throw you back to Ryan and Ben. All right, Strami. Thanks a lot. Yeah, psyched for all that stuff. All right, let's kick it to news. Ben, why don't you start us off? First and foremost, we got a ton of Avengers vs. X-Men stuff coming. Um, we released the official program, uh, which we talked about last week here. Um, basically runs down the participants, uh, gave some previews of issues one, zero, two, not in that order. Um, we put that up digitally, so if you go to marvel.com, you can now access the AVX program for free. Uh, we announced over 1,000 launch parties, so if you are near a comic book store or if you can get to a comic book store, odds are... When AVX uh, comes out, you will be able to attend a launch party at your local comic book retailer. And we also announced in collaboration with MTV, we are working on a series of, well not a series, a documentary about the making of AVX called War Journals. Uh, In addition to all that, we have been running hard on Ends of the Earth, as we discussed earlier on the podcast. It's the big story coming up in Amazing Spider-Man featuring the Sinister Six. We debuted a bunch of art teasers last week, and we spoke to Dan Slott this week and should still be doing so uh, as this very podcast airs, regardless of when it airs. We had more updates from Toy Fair 2012. We debuted all the stuff coming from Kotobukiya. Kotobukiya? Did I say that right? Yeah, you did well. Kotobukiya. (laughs) And then also, as I mentioned earlier, we showed uh, some art from the 12 number 11 by Chris Weston and spoke to him about it. We had a psych ward with the Runaways. And we had sneak peeks at John Carter, The Gods of Mars, number one, by Ramon Perez, which I know you loved. Oh, my God. And Ultimate Comics, Spider-Man, number nine, featuring new artist David Marquez. You guys know how I talk about David Lopez's art? Violently. You're going to get a lot of that when we start talking about Ramon Perez's art on John Carter. Get ready for it, guys. What else do we have this week? We had the launch of the iBookstore for Marvel. We, We put out something like 80... Uh, collected editions, new graphic novels that you can download through iTunes on your iPad, uh, your iPhone, your iPod Touch. Uh, the iBook Store is a, a, just another great way to get digital comics to everyone and anyone. 
We also kicked off with The Watcher in the last week or so. I don't remember when the first episode, first episode really did already, go live. Yeah, first episode went up. Then we also had uh, episode two is now up there. Awesome. Uh, featuring Toy Fair coverage. Great. It's cool stuff. We're very excited about it. Terrific. I know episode three will hopefully be up this week as well. And, you know, fingers crossed. This no is a weekly can, no thing. No one can see you crossing your fingers. Nope. That's all good. Also this week, as I'm sure Stromy spoke about, we have Avengers Alliance, which is the big launch for our Facebook game. It's free to play. I think Tim Dillon, who's in our marketing department yesterday, said, it's turn-based strategy. I love it. And he was, yeah. like, freaking out about it. It is a lot of fun. It's super cool. It's got a huge cast of characters, and uh, you get to play with your friends. It's it's a lot of fun. I, I'm going to start playing it today. And for Tim Dillon to say he loves something is something, because Tim Dillon hates everything yeah he's a negative Nelly. everyone yeah totally yeah all right uh speaking of which no, no we're not, not, we're not speaking yet. of that okay. yet before we start speaking of what we were going to speak about we're going to go to stromy who's got more information stromy take it away thank you ryan and ben uh this is marv.com assistant editor mark strom back once more with the latest in this week's news for marvel movies tv and video games. The big news this week, of course, was the all-new trailer for Marvel's The Avengers, which was epic. It made its debut uh, this Wednesday. You got to see The Avengers fully assemble. You got to see more of Loki's mischief. You got to see more of the Hulk doing what he does best. Namely, smashing the tar out of things. You got to see more of Iron Man in action. There is a mysterious attack on New York. New York doesn't look like it's doing too well. Hopefully the Avengers can come in and save the day. But I am crazy excited for this movie. This is actually uh, one of the first Marvel movies in a while that I have not seen an in-progress cut of. So the first time I will see it is, you know, in a couple months, once it's all finished. I'm super excited. Uh, I'm super excited to be able to see it that way as well, because with this one in particular, I'm just... I'm, I'm, there are just... I'm losing words. This movie is going to be incredible. I've read the script. I know what's coming up. This trailer, as awesome as it is, doesn't even do the movie justice with how even more awesome it is going to be. Uh, so, as you can tell, I'm super stoked for this movie. You can always watch the trailer again and again on Marvel.com and our YouTube channel. But the new trailer wasn't the only Avengers movie news we had this week. We also had the new Avengers poster, which featured the entire team amidst the rubble of a war-torn New York. It's an incredibly awesome shot, just showing off everyone ready for battle, ready to go and take Loki down. It's, it's a great image that, again, you can go into uh, Marvel.com and see it. We have it on the movie 
Theaters Landing and the Movies and TV Landing, several other places, you won't have to look too hard in order to find it. And in other movie news, we were also nominated for a number of Saturn Awards this year. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the Saturn Awards are put on by the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films, and they celebrate genre work in film and television, I believe, primarily. Captain America the First Avenger walked away with seven nominations, including Best Science Fiction Film, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor for Stanley Tucci, Best Music, Best Production Design, Best Costume, and Best Special Effects. Thor walked away with four of its own, uh, four nominations for Best Fantasy Film, Best Supporting Actor for Tom Hilston, Best Production Designer, and Best Costume once again. And X-Men First Class got two, non two nominations of its own for Best Science Fiction Film and Best Makeup. So these awards will be given out at special ceremony on Wednesday, June 20th. And, uh, yeah, we will keep you posted on anything more relating to the Saturn Awards. But congratulations to everybody involved in these three films. They were all amazing, amazing movies that came out last year. And these nominations are very well deserved. And other, even more other, movie news this week... We're continuing our Essential Avengers series of articles. And this week, we had two articles focusing on the Black Widow, one of which was the Essential Avengers Black Widow article, which was sort of a history of the Black Widow from her origins up to the present day. And you can go there, go to marvel.com, and check that out right now. It also gives you annotations, letting you know what comics to read if you're interested in learning more about any particular aspect of the Widow's history. Another Widow article we had was the Central Avengers Black Widow Then and Now, in which we spoke with writers Marjorie Liu and Greg Rucka, both of whom have written The Widow in the past. Greg Rucka, of course, wrote a couple of miniseries earlier in the aughts, uh, I believe around 2002, 2003, and Marjorie Liu wrote the uh, five-issue story arc that began the Widow's most recent series a couple years back with excellent art by Daniel Acuna. And they give their thoughts just on the Widow in general, uh, her staying power, what makes her so awesome. It's a great read. It's really interesting to hear their thoughts on the character. I highly recommend you check it out, as with everything else. Tomorrow, well, tomorrow if you're listening to this on Thursday when this podcast goes up, otherwise, you know, this Friday, we will be posting the Essential Avengers Designing Iron Man article. And I'm very excited about these articles in particular, because what we did was we spoke with the visual development team here that works in-house here at Marvel Studios developing the look of the Marvel heroes for the films. 
for our first article for Iron Man, we spoke with Phil Saunders, who was sort of the lead designer on Iron Man's new armor that you'll see in the uh, Avengers film. And he gave his thoughts on the whole process, uh, what their thinking was going into it. And it's really interesting to hear them speak about their influences, what design aspects they had to keep in mind, how they were able to make sure that each hero really had their own distinctive look. But at the same time, when you see the entire team assembled together, they all look like they are a part of the same world and a part of the same team. So we spoke with Phil Saunders again for that. Uh, in future articles, we'll be speaking with some of the other designers uh, Ryan Minerding, Charlie Wen, and Andy Park, who all sort of took point on different characters uh, from the film. This visual development team, they're really, really stellar. They, you know, Ryan Minerding has been involved, I believe, in every Marvel Studios film except The Incredible Hulk. Uh, Charlie Wen has been working on our films since Thor. I believe Thor was his first film, so he's worked on Thor, Iron Man 2, uh, Marvel's The Avengers, of course. And uh, these guys are just really incredible artists. They work so hard and put so much into these designs, and they're really always working tirelessly. They're obviously working on you know future films at the moment as well and they really help bring a unity to the Marvel Cinematic Universe in that it's really the same guys who are designing many of the looks for all of the films so it just helps keep that continuity and that visual consistency to ensure that you really feel like every film is taking place within the same universe. They're all obviously distinct, they all have their own unique looks and everything, but still, you don't have trouble believing that Iron Man and Captain America the First Avenger and Marvel's The Avengers and The Incredible Hulk all take place within the same world. So look for even more of those interviews in the weeks coming up, and we'll be doing even more Essential Avengers articles as the weeks go along, of course. Moving on from the movie realm to TV, this was a big week for television as well. We're sort of starting to count down to the premiere of the Marvel Universe programming block on Disney XD that premieres on April 1st with the series premiere of Ultimate Spider-Man and the season 2 premiere of the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. All this week we've been debuting members from Spider-Man's supporting cast in his new series because the thing about the Ultimate Spider-Man series is that Spider-Man will be joined by four other superheroes, four other young superheroes. The five of them really form their own team. 
And we haven't really spoken about who all Spider-Man will be teamed up with in this series yet. But we've been revealing art from the series, showing you their looks, and speaking with some of the producers from the series all this week. So, so far, we have revealed that Iron Fist, White Tiger, and Power Man will be a part of Spider-Man's team. And we've spoken with series producers uh, Steve Siegel, Duncan Rouleau, Brian Michael Bendis, Paul Dini, Court Lane, and of course, head of Marvel Television, Jeff Loeb, to get their thoughts on these various characters. And we will be revealing one more hero tomorrow, Friday, to sort of cap off the week. And yes, so look out for that. And going into next week, we'll be rolling out even more awesome Marvel Universe content, focusing on the Avengers, First Mice Heroes, and Ultimate Spider-Man, like I say, as we get closer and closer to the April 1st premiere of the Marvel Universe block on Disney XD. I've been lucky enough to see some episodes of Ultimate Spider-Man, and seeing Spidey interact with these young heroes brings a really interesting dynamic to this series. With the exception of Spider-Man and his amazing friends back in the 80s, I believe, every other Spider-Man animated series has really solely focused on Peter and Peter's story. And while, of course, Peter is still the focus of Ultimate Spider-Man, it's very, very interesting to see him interact with the supporting cast and so to see the different dynamics that go on and the stories that come out of that. And I think people will really dig it once they see what all is going on and that these four young heroes will really grow on them as this unique new team of heroes. And finally, moving off of Ultimate Spider-Man and television to the Amazing Spider-Man video game. I don't believe we really talked about this last week, but we revealed last Friday that the Rhino will be one of a few classic villains that will appear exclusively in the Amazing Spider-Man video game. Uh, these villains will not be in the movie by any means, but they have re received a redesign for the video game exclusively, and the Rhino is the first one of those that we have revealed. And you can check out a new Rhino Spotlight trailer on Marvel.com, some screenshots. We revealed a new exclusive screenshot this past Tuesday that is a uh, rather amazing shot of the Rhino stampeding at Spidey and Spidey in midair sort of whipping him with his webs. It looks like it'll be a lot of fun to play against the Rhino. He looks quite monstrous, quite tough, very challenging, and I am very excited to be able to, you know, hopefully soon show you even more of these classic villains uh, because I think fans will really get a kick out of seeing their reinterpretations for the Amazing Spider-Man video game. 
And that, I believe, is it for this week. Hopefully I haven't missed anything. If I have, let me know. We'll cover it next week. And with that, I say to you, good night, good morrow, good week, have a great weekend. And I send you back to Mr. Panagos and Mr. Morse. Thank you, Strami. Um, as we were recording this podcast, I was helping push the Avengers trailer live. It's everywhere you want it, so enjoy it. It is pretty damn terrific. Yes. Uh, this, this podcast is so seamlessly edited that you don't realize that you're actually ducking out to do... Yeah, we've been in and out of the room tasks. a couple times. Yeah. Well, we're about to get to questions. We have six and a half pages of questions from you guys. You went insane this week, and we <laughs> love you for it. So some of them are comments. We'll probably be able to go through them kind of quickly, but we wanted to bring in a guest this week, so we brought in... So James Viscardi is in our sales communications department. Jim, why don't you tell uh, the fans what you did? Well, something I'm working on right now is the monthly previews catalog. So for all 12 people that read it, uh, I put that together, so that's exciting. More than 12. <laughs> Come on. It's pretty extensive. Like, there's uh, at least 15. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Um, and anytime that there is any uh, cool preview art that is out there on the internet, whether it be covers or interiors or whatever, uh, I am I play a big part in making sure you guys get to see that. Uh, we host we do a lot of live blogs on Marvel.com, and you are the unseen force that the the readers don't see because you wrangle all the talent, all the creatives, and all the press on that. that right? That is true. Yeah, and it's actually been a really cool experience doing it uh, I didn't realize I've been doing it for a really long time and I've been able to cross off a bunch of people on the bucket list of people I wanted to talk to like Walt Simonson yeah. for one that's so awesome pretty cool uh, did you hug him over the phone I hugged the you phone. hugged him right I hugged the phone tell me you hugged him just cradled, for me. cradled the receiver that's yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah no those have been those have been a blast and it's you know with uh, as we do more of them with more and more creators uh, you know, a lot of people are. To put things into perspective for people who you know who listen to the podcast and also come to Marvel.com, when you read comics content on the site, eighty to ninety percent of the stories we do, the art reveals we do, Jim is facilitating all of that. He's basically the one who shepherds over to us. Hey, this 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 news is coming up. Do you guys want to cover this? Hey, we've got this art. Do you want to cover this? So you know, a lot of times it goes the other way. We'll ask him for stuff, but a lot of the time. Well, pretty much almost all the time when you read a comic story, <laughs> Jim had some hand in it, whether he was the one who asked us to do it or whether we went to him to help get the creators, help get the art. So basically, if you read Marvel.com, you read, you read Jim's handiwork. I like to consider myself a, a art cowboy. Ooh. Yeah. Can you get that on your business card? Uh, that's what I'm going to try. Do you yeah, have business cards? No. Let me see how far you <laughs> let me see how far you get with getting art cowboy on yeah. a card. I yeah. want to see how far he gets with getting a business card. Since it really doesn't we should all have business cards. We really should. Tell the, the the listeners your background, how you got to where you are now. I started out as an intern, uh, and it really uh, was listening. I started out listening to Jim McCann, who had my position many many moons ago, uh, talk to uh, a few press guys and. I said, hey, can you put me in contact with that gym guy? I really want to intern at Marvel. And uh, it turns out that uh, I was able to get the interview on a total fluke, it felt like. And 
I had my sit-down interview with uh, Arun, and we spent the interview talking about wrestling and hockey. And I, so you were in. I was in. Yeah. In. <laughs> Uh, and from there, it was actually really cool because when I started, uh, the Secret Invasion uh, promo essentially had just begun. And so all the, the scroll masks and sending out uh, those press kits that were from Stanley's Barbershop was actually really, really awesome. Uh, and I managed to convince people to let me stick around for a little while. Uh, what year did you start uh, as an intern? 2008. Okay. Yep, 2008, and then uh, I interned, uh, I was able to do like three intern classes, so I did that up until I graduated in 2009, temped for a little while, and then uh, they convinced them to let me stay even longer and pay me for it, so that hmm. was uh, exciting. It's pretty yeah. cool. What's your favorite thing about what you do? Really just having my fingers sort of in it all, uh, be it uh, sort of uh, from comics to animation to being able to really chat with the creators and, uh, you know, work with them to get people excited uh, about the stuff we're putting out because we've got some, we've got exciting stuff. Yeah. You know. Any advice you would give to someone who wants to get into comics or get into Marvel? For the whole, uh, to get into comics marketing, I would say, um, is you would really, you really need to know how to uh, write in a way that is exciting for Everything. <laughs> so be good be, at be good writing. At writing is a is a is a big thing. Where you know, I mean, it's one of the big things I look for when you know we look for incoming interns is uh, is writing, because um, we do everything from putting uh, putting together either the interviews or stories in some of the free promo material uh, we give out um, to writing releases and uh, and that and being friendly <laughs> is uh, is a big big thing a little while ago i was on twitter someone tweeted me and said hey man i am an i am a english teacher i want to be a writer thoughts and i i my response was you're an english teacher and you don't use correct spelling or grammar <laughs> and then the guy wrote the guy or the lady wrote back and said that's the first time someone has taken who has said something bad about my writing wow i can respect that and it was like a bunch of things it was like yeah. no I, I can't even I can't even fathom how you, you you can't be an English teacher in America if you can't use English properly. Yeah. I don't care. Twitter you gotta put yourself out there properly. Yeah. Sometimes I, I goof around and, and, and you right. know, tweet nonsense, but that's a very that's different than my than normally just crapping on the keyboard and, and sending out a tweet. Yeah. I mean most of the emails I, I send back and forth with Ryan are usually in lolcat speak. Yeah. Or yeah. images. Or images. Yeah, that's it's the uh, the next wave. That that's communication yeah. in the future. You can't you can't get through an email thread that James Viscardi is on without getting photobombed at some point <laughs> by a random image or a hashtag. That's right. Yeah, that's that's your new thing. It's my new thing. Hashtags and emails. Yeah, yeah. it's catching on. Yes. Yeah. All right. So before we get to questions, how can fans find you on Twitter? Uh, Jim Viscardi at Jim Viscardi. Twitter.com slash Jim Viscardi. All those ways. J-I-M. J-I-M. V-I-S-C-A-R. D as in dog. I. <laughs> yes. So you're, you're going to find Jim Viscardi that way, but we're getting into questions for this week in Marvel. And you guys, if you are just listening or what have you, you can send us questions by using the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel, one word. Um, you could also send them to at 
agent underscore M or at Ben J. Morse, and we'll, we'll get them. And we have, as I said before, six and a half pages of questions. And some of these I was looking at, so I thought you might be good to chime in on them. Totally. Um, and just we'd like to get your perspective. Bring on the questions. All right. So we're going to start it off from uh, one of our regulars. D. McGinnis37 says, Is the new Ultimate Spider-Man show based on the Ultimate Comic Universe, or is it just a name? So uh, I'll take that one. It's not based on the Ultimate Comic Universe. It's its, its own thing. It's using the name because the name is, is actually it's a plot point. It's Nick Fury, she, head of S.H.I.E.L.D., wants Spider-Man to join up. He wants Spider-Man to be better. He wants Spider-Man to be the ultimate Spider-Man he can be. And that's literally a line in maybe the in the first episode. It's it's really what that means for Spider-Man, not necessarily tying it to the Ultimate Universe. It just so happens that we have this whole Ultimate cachet that has gone back, you know, twelve whatever years now. It's it's really, really terrific. Did you, have you seen it yet? Yeah, it it just looks super slick. And having grown up on the the '90s cartoon, this is a worthy worthy successor. Look, I know there's a lot of fondness for the 90s cartoons, and I love the X-Men more than Spider-Man. Don't even say it. They're terrible. Don't even say it. No, 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 oh. Anyway, so, uh, another one from McGinnis 37 What was the first Marvel series that got you into comics? James, why don't you start us off? I actually uh, read, read comics as a kid not following any series or any character. Um, I, you know having just sort of loved all the characters i went to my local genevieve's yes which Woo! was a drug a chain of drug stores uh, oh, out, out on long island oh. um where they had a, a spinner rack and i remember the first book i bought was uh had the x babies in them Oof. yeah <laughs> uh and i remember that being so awesome and whatnot but i had always been a fan of of Marvel characters and stuff like that, but the, the thing that really got me hooked uh, was Civil War, um, where I, you know, saw what was going on and saw that, you know, it was getting a lot of press in newspapers and stuff like that, and I said, I should check it out. And uh, It worked. And it worked. And now that's part of my job now, making nice. sure we get a newspaper so people can experience comics. The cycle continues. The cycle continues. The circle of life. <laughs> yeah. I remember... The first single comic book I can remember owning um, was, you remember you used to be able to go to supermarkets and get like the variety packs? Yeah. There used to be like yeah. a bunch of random comics. My dad like swung by and got me one of those one time. The only one I remember from it was, it was an issue of Avengers from when female Captain Marvel was leading the team. Um, and Monica? Yes, Monica Rambo, And... Like Namor, Black Knight, She-Hulk, was a, a Doctor Druid. It was a really weird Avengers lineup. It was yep. as a kid, I'm like, you know, because I had some idea of who like Cap, Thor, and Iron Man was. I was like, what, what team is this? What is happening? <laughs> and I remember it was the issue where um, Namor's wife, Marina, turns into a giant fish monster. As as and, as that happens, and they have to gut her with Black Knight's sword. So that oh. was a great first exposure as a kid. Um, <laughs> And I, but I, I loved it, and I continued reading. I remember John Buscema did the art, and that was a great first switch of art. But as far as first series I followed on the regular, I think I started on the X-Men titles and New Warriors at about the same time. Um, so I don't know which one was technically first, because I, I started all the X-Men books at once with Executioner's Song, and then picked up New Warriors around the same time, right. and then went back and got the issues I had missed. Yeah. 
I think I've talked about it before, but I remember reading like Punisher War Journal at a really inappropriately young age and getting into Marvel from that. But then I read, I think the first series that I remember picking up was the adjectiveless X-Men because I remember going into my local Five and Dime and picking up Infinity Gauntlet number six and X-Men number three because they were they were on the rack at the same time. And then I went back and picked up the first two issues of X-Men and the other issues of Infinity Gauntlet and was just, I was in. That was it. Is there actually a chain called Five and Dime or is that just a generic term for... Five and Dime. It's a generic term for, you know... No, I know. I, was, I, was, I didn't know if there was an actual there may Five be, and Dime but out there. Not, uh, not that I know. In this case, it was not... It was not a Genevieve. Actual, yeah. No, it, I did not go to a Genevieve. <laughs> By a certain convenience store, it will be called Five and Dime. Five and Dime. Do it. Yeah. All right. Skull X80 tweets, Why is there unrelated variants like Amazing Spider-Man 620 and Winter Soldier number 2? I love them, but want to know why. So that's probably a good one for James. I'm guessing those are kind of our... Like uh, when they have Venom variant covers or yeah, something like uh, that. Every, every so often we will, throughout a month, uh, do a variety of themed variants. And um, sometimes they will coincide with characters, and uh, sometimes they'll have more of a, uh, a holiday theme or, or whatnot. Um, and some of these actually last through, throughout the year, uh, where in this case with you know Spidey and the Winter Soldier one, and when it comes to that, where you know this year we're celebrating Spider-Man's 50th anniversary, so uh, we decided that we wanted uh, the celebration to last all year long with a special uh, one-of-a-kind variant, and uh, the books that they get placed on um, are just uh, books that you know we think where we can probably catch the most interest uh, with some someone. So let's say someone who is really reading really loves Winter Soldier but doesn't necessarily read Spider-Man. We say, well, let's let's put a, a Spider-Man cover on here. Uh, that'll, that'll look really cool, and maybe it'll entice someone to pick up Spider-Man. Um, in other cases, it's just uh, just a matter of scheduling, which I know sounds totally just businessy, but uh, this is a business. It is a business, and uh, and yeah, but uh, a lot of times it's just you know where we think uh, it'll fit, and uh, it's where it lands. Cool. Question from at Gambit621. Hey, guys, I want us to know, are there going to be any Blade or Gambit storylines coming up? Well, Gambit is in X-Men Legacy. Unfortunately. Each, each and every month. Your yeah. favorite character. So certainly Gambit's a uh, central character there, and I know he is in an upcoming issue of ABX Versus. Yep. He's fighting Captain America. Fighting Captain America. I'm pretty excited about that one, Written actually. and drawn by Steve McNiven. Really? I literally just got pages mm -hmm. in this morning. And they are some of the best-looking Steve McNiven pages I have ever seen, and I love That's Steve awesome. McNiven. I, I hope, and I haven't read it, so I can't say this one way or the other. I hope it's just twelve pages of Captain America beating the holy hell out of Gambit, Dude. like into the ground, <laughs> like not like one of those really uncomfortable. Like there's maybe there's a twelve-panel grid mm. on one page, and it's really uncomfortable by the end. <laughs> for those of you just tuning in for the first time, Ryan doesn't care for Gambit as a character. Yeah, well, but, I, I, but I tell you, these pages that are coming in for ABX versus three are just gorgeous, and there is going to be a total Captain America Gambit beatdown like no other. ABX versus a book I'm really excited for just because, I mean, number one, because of the concept, we yeah. just get to see fights. Number two, there's like top flight talent on this book. There, this isn't, we're not just throwing this out there. In, that, in, that, first, in that first issue, we're giving <clears throat> fans a sneak peek on what power adam kubert holds for when he jumps on to the main abx series yeah. 
coming later on in the year, and his Iron Man Magneto fight is brilliant. Uh, reading uh, <clears throat> the Astonishing Spider-Man Wolverine series, yeah. every issue was like, he when did when did this happen? When did Adam Kubrick get this good? He was always good, yeah. but there's like something happened. Yeah. And it's just, he went off the charts crazy good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have a personal fondness for Adam Kubert because, one, he, he drew that X-Babies issue that I first picked up. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, yeah. and, and, two, when he did Schism just recently, yeah. I was, it was sort of that, like, you know, I read Astonishing Spider-Man Wolverine and totally liked it, but it was that, that Schism issue where I was just like, oh, bring it on. Mm-hmm. Bring it on, Adam. Circling back to the question, um, so Gambit's definitely very present and stuff coming up. Blade, don't know of any plans at the moment, but there are vampires running around Marvel Universe. Keep seeing the Forgiven, so presumably uh, Blade can't be far behind at some. Watch point. the Blade anime at some point on G four. <laughs> Look at check your local. Yeah, listings. Check, check the local listings. Let me know how that works out for you. Yeah. All right. So a bunch of questions from Alex underscore M Morales says. For the newly announced Marvel Digital Novels in iBooks, what's the process of choosing which ones are uploaded? And how much time does it take before the next upload? How can fans know which comics are coming? James? Um, in terms of the schedule uh, and what uh, you know, we uh, put up, um, you know, we wanted to make a big, big splash with our announcement. And so we put up some of our you know, best books um, and you know, some of our, our best classics. So you know, Civil War was an obvious choice to start out with and a lot of our event books, um, you know, leading all the way up, uh, until siege. Um, and you know, we've got all of our Oz books that are up there. We've got castle up there. We've got our dark tower books up there. So we gave, you know, we wanted to make sure that we were able to, uh, give all, uh, give as much of a selection as we can for any and all, you know, comic fans or, you know, fans of, some of the third-party stuff. And then sort of from there, you know, we've got a really hard-working production team who are constantly taking all of our comics and digitizing them and making them in a a bunch of different formats for us to to upload. Um, And, you know, and had to know what's coming up and uh, when to see. Uh, I'd say stay tuned to marvel.com for, you know, as we unleash more and more batches of books and, you know, Inevitably and eventually, we would like to be as close to current as we can. Uh, I mean, it, it wouldn't be, they won't be day and date, but uh, we'll definitely, definitely try to get a bunch of good stuff up there. If you got suggestions, feel free to send them in. Tweet to at J I M V I S C A R D I. That's right. Yeah. Uh, we got another one from Alex the underscore double M or Alice. <laughs> Pronouncing a different way there. Okay. But he's got so many questions, you got to mix up a little bit. I'm a little confused. When does the Children's Crusade take place? Before or after Fear Itself? Explain this continuity. He's, of course, referring to Avengers, the Children's Crusade, not the historical event, which took place years ago. James, do you want to uh, tackle this one? That is an excellent question. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It it takes place fairly in the background of it all. Right. Uh, You know, there is a lot of jumping around time-wise in the series itself uh that as we got you know get to the end uh, which is coming out jeez i think like it's march 21st march 21st yeah i think yep yeah, yeah. i just checked um, that the other 
and yeah, yeah, one gorgeous, two awesome, to the fourteenth of the twenty first. Yeah, uh, well, and, and that's definitely going to happen. It's coming up next couple <laughs> it's weeks. It's definitely happening. It is already <laughs> right. at the I printer. Saw, I saw the PDF. Uh, the, so the it printer, exists. the printer has it, and they have made them. They are currently in trucks. It, the the last issue, and I know it sounds like a cop out, but totally answers how it fits into everything and where everyone is and what state of mind they're in going forward and going into uh, AVX. I mean, you know, one of the things that we did say that, you know, Schism, The End of Fear Itself, and The End of uh, Avengers Children's Crusade all give every party involved uh, a the point they need to be at heading into AVX. So check out the last issue. You should get a good answer. Another one from Al X underscore M Morales. What do you guys recommend I should read from Doctor Strange and Iron Fist? We've talked about some recommended books for these characters before. Personally, I would say for Doctor Strange, read Doctor Strange The Oath by Brian K. Vaughn and Marcos Martin. And for Iron Fist, read The Immortal Iron Fist, um, the entire run. Omnibus, on sale now. Yeah. Cha-ching! I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out um, some fairly left-field ones for this one. You remember that we... we in the last couple of years, we did the oversized black and white one-shots. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, The Doctor Strange one, which I believe was called Mystic Hands of Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. was one of my favorite one-shot issues in recent memory. So I would say if you're – I mean, Doctor Strange the Oath is fantastic. Can't recommend that highly enough. But for a one-shot of Doctor Strange, it has four different stories. They're all in black and white. There's a text story in there. Um, there is some Marcos Martin art in there. It's just a murderer's row of great talent. So check out Mystic Hands of Doctor Strange. I believe there was an Iron Fist, one of those book as well. Like that, yep. Yeah. I would, so. even, I would also even throw out there was a, a book that I believe was by Mark Wade and Emma Rios, yep. which was yep. Strange, Strange, which was also another uh, fantastic, yeah, fantastic crazy good. Read. Yeah. Now we've got uh, Swagpool coming in here. Now this is interesting. Mm. This is interesting. From Swagpool's got a bunch of stuff in here. So first one from Swagpool says. I need my own theme song. Also, I've been downloading since week one. I just didn't have a Twitter yet. So, Swagpool wants his own theme song, but we've never heard from Swagpool yeah, before. I, uh, You're not getting a theme song just yet. Right. Stick around. Keep tweeting. We do like doing theme songs, so, you know. Yeah. We'll, they don't we'll, come we'll along willy-nilly. No. You that can't just hand them out. There's a spark of creativity that flourishes, mm-hmm. and we cre- it just it's created. Right. I mean, look at how many questions we have we can't spend all day writing theme songs yes uh we'll never get to any of these. all right another one from swagpool said tweeting to ms marvel girl says i love your this weekend marvel questions we'll get to ms <clears throat> marvel girl's questions in a little bit from swagpool who would you vote for in the marvel 616 for president who would they be running against we try to keep it sort of vaguely current whoever the president is is the president we never really spell it out because yeah. we want to keep it also timeless so it's yeah. sort of it's vague but it's it's also there. Yeah, like in the recent issue of Avengers, you can kind of... He's there, but he's in shadows. But you kind of get an idea of yeah. who it is. There was a cool story back in the day with a president, uh, a superhero becoming president. But I don't, I don't think there's any one character I would just outvote for right they now. They actually had a story where... Um, classic story where they wanted Captain America to run for president, and he said no. Because he was like, you know, the, America is not about me. I'm about America. It's a really good series by Roger Sarah and John Byrne. Yeah. Another one from Swagpool is asking a little bit more about politics. We're not going to get into um, strict politics here. Uh, another one says, any upcoming animated movie in the plans? And if so, 
what Please Be Deadpool. Animated movies, I don't think we have anything on tap at the moment. We just have the Marvel Universe block coming to Disney XD, which is Ultimate Spider-Man and Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes Season 2. That seem right? Yep. Right. You're not working on any animated movies, Jim? Nope. Nope. I'm really, really trying to get my uh, Devil Dinosaur uh, pitch off the ground. Yeah. Uh, so. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Great, great, great. Last one from Swagpool. Do you guys have any news on the AKA Jessica Jones TV show? The answer is no. We had one from uh, PCE underscore Deadmeat where Ollie uh, tweeted us a link to something that Ryan Reynolds was talking about. I guess he wants to do an R-rated Deadpool movie. I would support that, mm. but that is not anything that we A are involved in because it's a Fox film. Us. It's not coming from Marvel Studios. It's not anything that we can say will or will not happen. But hey, if they get it going, I'll go see it in the theater mm -hmm. because I'll, we'll probably have a screening. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If, if that were to happen. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. I hope it's as good as Ghost Rider. Did you like Ghost Rider? I loved it. I loved. Go I legitimately. So much fun. Absolutely loved it. Oh man, thinking about it makes me happy. From the RNC, he heard our conversation about volumes on This Week in Marvel last week, and he sent us a link to a place that we may be able to use. I downloaded the app, and um, it's called Levelator. We'll see if it works out. Uh, I'll thanks, try RNC. Yeah, thanks, brother. Caitlin and Craig on Twitter say, There was a Grey Hulk last time I was reading comics, but I was slash am confused as to why and what happened to that lovable guy. Mr. Fix-It? Mr. Fix-It. So. That's a long time ago. Yeah. Let's talk about it as quickly as possible. Basically, <laughs> the Hulk, had, when, he, when he originally became the Hulk, was gray and grumpy, but then he evolved and became green and dumb. And then for a while, back in the late 80s, early 90s, um, some additional radiation made him gray again. He became smart and surly. Uh, he was called Mr. Fix-It. He worked in Las Vegas as a bouncer. And then through Doc Samson and some mystical intervention from Doctor Strange and also the Ringmaster was involved, he kind of combined all his personalities because he had personality disorders and he was able to become a Green Hulk who was also smart like Bruce Banner, had a little bit of the Grey Hulk's cunning. In the decades since, he has reverted back to the dumb Green Hulk. He has been the smart Green Hulk. He has been somewhere in between, but the point is Gladi that was, was that Gladiator Hulk. Yeah, he was Gladiator Hulk, but at, at one point he was Gray Hulk. He slips back to that once in a while, but it was a fondly remembered period from about 20 years or so ago. Although to answer you, your question, if you, if you want your Mister Fix It Gray Hulk mm -hmm. fix, Hulk Smash Avengers, yes, coming out in May, written by Jim McCann. It's uh, Mr. Fix-It takes on the West Coast Avengers. Oh, I'm shocked that Jim McCann is doing a West <laughs> the Coast, Coast Avengers The West Coast Avengers story. by Jim McCann? Never. <laughs> so there you go. You got uh, a condensed answer and a plug on one. You're you welcome. For you forgot Pizza Delivery Guy Hulk, who was my favorite. Yeah, I sure did. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Bunch of, we have a couple of tweets from Sensei Corey Kuhn, the RNEC and Ms. Marvel Girl, about us ribbing the RNEC in the previous episode because he was tweeting about the show but yeah. hadn't hadn't actually listened to it it's all in good fun we're all having having a laugh as you will ms marvel girl we've got her in a bunch of places i don't think i can consolidate they're all over the place it's all right just go with it we'll go uh first one says around what year slash era did computers start to get used for comic book coloring hmm. that's a great question yeah i i would say somewhere around 1990 yeah. Because I remember when we were kids, there was the Valiant coloring style, right. which is not used anywhere anymore. 
But I think that was computerized. Maybe? I think so. I remember there was definitely a shift when we were kids from... Well, the image books, uh, yeah. you know. And but you could definitely notice, like, there were there was a time when it's, it's all dots. You yeah. could noticeably see it's dots, and then suddenly it's not. Yeah. And that was sometime around the 90s when we were kids and James wasn't born yet. Nope. Yep. Nope. But I think that was a lot... But that was also when a lot of the, you know, now now image, but those studios that, you know... Yeah. Jim yeah. Lee's studio and, uh, you know, Liefeld studio all went out and found digital colorists, and then... Right. They all started doing them for everybody else. Yeah. Of course, and today it is now the norm. Yeah, and you have guys like Dean White right. and Javier Rodriguez. Who are magicians. That, mm-hmm. They're more than magicians. They're like they're like the Dumbledores of the coloring world. <laughs> like he's he's higher than a regular magician. Wouldn't be magician. a podcast without a Dumbledore reference. I love you. that guy. Yeah, you sure do. <laughs> From Ms. Marvel Girl. How did, this, how did she tweet such a long question? Uh, I don't know. What? All right, anyway, the question She's is... She's like a magician. Or, sort of. Or Dumbledore. <laughs> McGarnagle, okay? Chill out. She's not Dumbledore yet. Anyway, Ms. Marvel Girl says, I think Ms. Marvel needs some major drama and should have become Scourge. Okay. What character do you think should get a symbiote? Or Moonstones, <laughs> since she's a doctor and it may fit better. I'm talking about Dr. Tennis. I thought her code name was Scourge for some reason, but no. I'm unsure. Scorn. All right, let me, let, me, let me translate. Yeah, decipher Marvel this. Speak. Um, she, Marvel thinks, speak. she thinks Miss Marvel should have become Scorn, which is the female symbiote character that was introduced in Carnage, um, or Moonstone should have become Scorn. She used Scourge, who is actually a Marvel character, but who is the, not Scorn. So yeah, I confuse I was say, but which, which Scourge? Is it like current Scourge with, with, the, with the Iron Mask, or was it... Punisher villain scourge well, with the white yeah with the white doctor given that mask. she wasn't intending to say scourge I'm sure she has no idea I don't even know if she knows who scourge is I'm sure she does She's just because you're scourge. like the biggest scourge yeah. fan scourge is one of the best villains he was like the bad Punisher he was doing Punisher's stick but everyone hated him for it what about when... he took out so many D level villains That's true. We did, we did a whole trade of it recently. Captain America's yeah. Scourge. Scourge of the Underworld. What about, you're forgetting about the middle Scourge when Nomad became Scourge right. in Thunderbolts and he had that crazy, like, horned outfit. Yeah. But I don't like either of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> the core question here is what character do we think should get a symbiote who doesn't have one? Personally, I don't think the, like, a, uh, an already powered character needs a symbiote. I like the dynamic of adding the craziness of a symbiote to a, a human who has never had to deal with that sort of power before. It adds a cool dynamic. I mean, it worked for, for Peter Parker, but I think you add it to someone else, and whether it's crazy Cletus Cassidy or down and out Eddie Brock or you know one of the other characters, I think for me that's the dynamic I prefer. Nope. I totally, <laughs> totally love. Here's why you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Jim, you're the heel of this, yeah. this show. <laughs> no, I. it was actually, I, you know, I remember there was that first arc of Mighty Avengers where oh, yeah. you know, the Venom Bomb, which uh, was totally awesome. Just it, it's cool to see yeah. what you know characters would look like with a symbiote. And we did a whole month of Venom variants. Oh, those are awesome. Uh, showing showing those. So if you really want to see what characters would look like, you should just hunt those hunt those all down. Mm-hmm. But in the current Venom arc right now, Circle Four, Red Hulk gets the symbiote. And the spirit of vengeance, and it looks 
awesome. It does. And oh, yeah. he is a powerhouse. Yeah, that's true. We did we we teased that earlier in the podcast. We yeah. didn't want to spoil yeah. it. Thanks for so, spoiling thanks, that one. Thanks, ah, thanks, Jim. Good job. Uh, I will I will conclude the question by saying Whoops. it should be uh, Rick Jones because we already made him a Hulk. So we should just give him a symbiote too. <laughs> I just keep building on it. My one thought, I just remember this now, one of my favorite issues of What If from back when we were younger, Punisher gets the yep. Venom symbiote. Yep. It is absolutely it's incredible. Crazy. It's really terrific. Yeah, just because he gets the combination like skull, spider thing. And he, he awesome. tames the symbiote yep. in it. And it's just, he, oh, so great. Yeah. The new one here, Leonardo, really Leonard. Uh, this is directed to Agent M. I have a great idea from Marvel. How do I get it to them? Well, I... It was directed at you. Sure. Answer it. (laughs) The the thing here is uh, we do not take unsolicited ideas or suggestions or scripts or anything like that. So you may have a great idea. Unfortunately, we can't listen to it. We can't accept it. We can't do anything with it. If you send it to us in some way, shape, or form, we have to discard it. And it's unfortunate, but that's just the legal legal situation with those things. Mm -hmm. If you have a great idea, though... Make it happen. Do yep. something with it. You know, turn it into a creative property. Get yes. noticed. Get seen, and and kick ass. Because eventually, you know, if you're that good and you really want to work at Marvel and do stuff, you'll get noticed. Yeah. yeah, and that's how anyone you read comics from anyone. They did something to get to where they are right yep. now. Do it on your own, and then you will you will get the call up. Yeah. It's just like baseball. I yeah. think. Sure. Uh, from Ms. Marvel Girl says, I'm signing a one-person tweet petition to get Stromy on the next episode live. She misses she him. She actually says next episode. Episode. Just like a- he would say. Like he would say. He's on every episode. But he... The, she the wants thing, him interacting with us. Yeah, the thing about it is we have to record... We start recording at about 11 a.m. when we record on Wednesday. That's 8 right. a.m. his time. And the our schedules, because he's on the West Coast, we're on the East Coast, it doesn't sync up. Right. Recording at home later because the podcast runs long and we, we do so much, it's... It's a little difficult, so right. we, we're not going to record with him live. If Strami was really dedicated, he'd call in. That's true. Yeah, yeah, I guess Calling you out, Strami. Yeah. <laughs> what is the Viscardi Vendetta? Viscardi Vendetta. That's the hashtag. hashtag. You can use that. D. McGinnis 37 tweets, Just finished listening to Marvel's podcast this week in Marvel. They cover a lot of cool stuff, so check it out. Thank you, David. Another one uh, <laughs> tweets to... Our this, pal this of yours. Great. I have a story behind this one. Okay. Uh, the tweet is to Tom Brennan, our uh, sad sack editor. He says, uh, tweet, his Twitter name is at Brennanator. The tweet says, it's okay to cry about the death of Peter Parker. Uh, now, this, of course, was last week on the show when we had a question about uh, deaths that made us sad, and we talked about yep. Ultimate Peter Parker, and I mentioned that Tom Brennan was openly weeping in the halls and challenged people to... And I'm on Twitter. So I hadn't heard anything. And then on Saturday night, um, I'm literally, I just gone out to dinner and we were heading over to my friend's house and I'm checking my Twitter and see that uh, Brennan had said something about like, oh, that Ben J. Morris, what a great reporter. And then followed that to this thread where David McGinnis said this to Brennan. Brennan's like, what are you talking about? And then Brennan, he explained, you know, that they, they said on the podcast that you cried about this. And then Brennan just... Typical Brennan fashion, probably, you know, sitting, yeah, sitting in an alley somewhere crying, just weeping about everything. So I'm really, that, that was great. That made my, my weekend. Yeah. It's already a good weekend, but that just elevated it to the next level. Fantastic. <laughs> Ms. Marvel Girl tweets, I'd like to ask a question I posed while recording the Uncanny X cast. How does Razor Fist wipe? 
Very uh, carefully. Comic physics. Yeah. yeah. I don't think about it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. There's a lot of things Just Razor Fist has trouble doing. Yeah, Put on imagine. a sponge or I don't. Or That's a not stick. a bad. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. 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 You know, maybe he Washing he his back, man, sheaths fun. it yeah. his his fists in like a leather thing, and then sheaths the leather in yeah. something that will help. With the, you know, know, something I, biodegradable. I don't yes. know how he's putting all this on his razor, given he doesn't have hands. I think a lot of things are difficult for Razor Fist. <laughs> Maybe he has a partner that I think can he help. has to. Yeah, yeah. He, he must have a friend. I hope so. Yeah. At, very, yeah. At the Ninja nineteen ninety one says, "I am trying to start my own comic. That would be great if it was set in Marvel Universe. That should I do first? What should I do first? Refer to my previous answer yeah. to really Leonard. Cool, quit, cool Twitter name." Yeah, the, the Ninja. Ninja 1991. I like that. I want to go back to 1991. I know you do. All right. Tim Stevens, Ungaji on Twitter, who writes our I psych ward. Yeah. 1991. So weird. <laughs> so weird. Such a jerk. All right. Uh, says, Solo in X-Force would be genius. He would also accept Annex. That's because, oh, yeah, last totally week. totally read. I totally thought that said Amex, and I was like, "Someone's taking, uh, someone's taking payments." In <laughs> Last week, we were asked for new members of X Force. Yeah. I had recommended Solo, who, as you know, when Solo lives, terror dies. <laughs> and obviously, Psych Ward columnist Tim Stevens agreed with me, and is also calling out obscure '90s Spider-Man character Annex, who was in Avengers: The Initiative, and would be a terrible choice for X Force. Fantastic. Doctor Nemesis would be great. Doctor Nemesis would be great. Oh Ooh. man, we'll go. We'll go yell Yo, at Jordan we'll go, after yeah, right we now. we did it last we week to tell him to put Domino in the team, and yeah. he, was, he started going into logistics why that. And we were just I just no, we away. said no. We said he didn't care. Eventually, he's like okay. Like after you walked away, I broke him down. Good. So yeah, to update our our listeners on the situation, Domino should be in X Force soon, and now so will Doctor Nemesis because Jordan White is afraid of us. Yes. Uh, Ungaji also wants us to go away. Ungaji also supported Ben's love for the Daredevil movie. Yes. Well, how, how do you stand on the Daredevil movie? I loved it. Yep, there it is. Bring it. There it is. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good place to bid farewell to James. Yeah. We need to it's go time to, to kick him out. He is on the side of right with the Daredevil film. Loved it. It was fantastic. I will watch it every done. time it's on television. Yep. Sometimes I'll even put it, throw in the DVD. Yeah, absolutely. I have the DVD. And, you know, Tim Stevens, the, who... Uh, the only thing I don't like is the costume, but I'm willing to get over I'm it. A, yeah, because, you can look past it. Because the brilliance Ben Affleck of the is a brilliant yes. Matt Murdock. Yes. Please leave my... I, my uh, guy's a ladies' man. Yeah, I actually... How do you say no to Ben Affleck? I actually went to college with Tim Stevens, and we saw Daredevil twice the first two days it was out yes. in the theaters. So <laughs> I'm glad... I'm glad that he's keeping the dream alive. And I'm oh. so happy to have James Viscardi on our side. This is a big, big win for Team Daredevil. <laughs> James, thanks for coming on the hey, show. no problem. Thanks he's got to run. He's a busy guy, but we're going to finish answering Again, questions. Again, find James on Twitter at at J-I-M-V-I-S-C-A-R-D-I. Jim Viscardi. Boom. Viscardi Vendetta. Viscardi Vendetta. Hashtag Daredevil. Boom. The movie. Thanks, guys. All right, now that we've gotten that monster out of the room, it's time for more <laughs> questions. We'll go to Ms. He was nice. He was pleasant. He was pleasant. Yeah. Uh, we'll go to Ms. Marvel Girl, who tweets, One of my favorite 90s Spidey Toon moments was, Shocker, I'll chase you to the ends of the earth. That was... I, I remember don't remember that. that, but I'm sure Stromy does. Yeah. Get Stromy's commentary on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that was on the Spider-Man cartoon. Shocker, I think, kidnapped mary jane or something like that and spider-man just goes shocker i'll chase you to the ends of the earth and it was great because he was voiced by the guy who did greg brady in the brady bunch movie so he normally had a very you know light 
fuck you, boy. So he tried to make himself very angry. He's like, ah, ends of the earth. Roar. Coming to Amazing Spider-Man soon. <laughs> Tying it all back. Very good. Uh, Tim Stevens. Coming, man, Tim Stevens apparently has nothing to do. Yeah. Tim, Steven is a, Tim Stevens is a husband and father with a full-time job who also writes for us, and yet he is tweeting away at us. That's dedication, dedication and... Uh, complete irresponsibility. Love it. At the same time, who would we write to make Marvel Legends suggestions? That's our Marvel Legends toy lines because I have ideas that would basically be like printing money. Sure they would. You can send them to me privately and I will do nothing with them. Yes. Is there anyone on Twitter you could contact? No, I mean... As far as Hasbro? No, because they, yeah. it doesn't really work like that. Yeah. Um, there's a Marvel Legends is a, is a brand but there are so few actually made every year that they can't accept suggestions, and I know that they, we talk about it internally with them, um, but you know I know they have some really cool ideas, and they work pretty far out. So, continuing the Tim Stevens barrage, this is for Stromy. Uh, he wants. He says it's probably been asked before. It has not. Where in Minnesota is Stromy from? Do you know? Minnesota. He's yeah. He's he's from somewhere in Minnesota. I don't know if Stromy's listening to this. She's probably not. No. We'll, we'll, we'll ask Stromy and we'll get that answer for you next week. Yeah. And finally, from Tim Stevens, we have creepiest moment in Venom number 13.3, X-23 begging, stop me while stabbing uh, yeah. Wolverine. That was pretty creepy. Yeah, it was great. Back to Miss Marvel, girl. Yeah. I also want to weigh in on the Genki, by the way. She says, gone K, I, because she's a rebel. Yeah. I, mm, no, that's no, wrong. That's that's. You could be a rebel and still be wrong. That's Miles Morales' best buddy, who RNEC wants to know how to pronounce his name. Yeah. There's an alternate way for I that's, think I'm putting a moratorium yes, on no us more, talking about no how to pronounce no Ganky. Let's settle it with Ganky. Ultimate Comics Ganky is Ganky. Marvel Universe Ganky can be Gonke. If he's ever introduced. <sighs> Ms. Marvel Girl tweets again. Thank you. X Men and X Two helped pave the way for comic movies. X Two is still one of her favorite flicks. One word. Nightcrawler. X2 is definitely one of the best. Yeah. Um, and I think, as much as I love X2 and Iron Man, I think Avengers will top them yeah. without a doubt. Tim tweeted uh, that he supports my discussion of Living Tribunal. Yes. Because the Living Tribunal is terrific. We do need more uh, yeah. Living Tribunal. Yes. Ms. Marvel Girl has a question. Favorite episode of the 90s Spider-Man cartoon? Go. I liked uh, when they first had the Insidious Six. They couldn't call them the Sinister Six. Why? Because Fox had very, very tight regulations on the Spider-Man cartoon for some reason. Fantastic. Which was always odd to me because there was another superhero cartoon that aired around the same time where they had guns and all sorts of dark subject matter, but Spider-Man and X-Men had to have lasers and they couldn't punch each other. Uh, They couldn't call it Sinister Six, but they had the Insidious Six, which is... It was the Sinister Six. I think they had they had slightly different membership, but uh, yeah, they the, did. The first time they got together when they were fighting Spider-Man, but I liked it because they kidnapped Aunt May, and as happens in the comics sometimes, Doctor Octopus was basically like it, it paralleled an old old like uh, early Spider-Man stories where Doctor Octopus kidnaps Aunt May, but he's really really polite to her, so she doesn't really even realize she's kidnapped. She thinks she's just been taken in by this you know nice man with tentacle arms so <laughs> i enjoyed that there was a lot of good episodes I, I liked when they later did the uh multi-part story with captain america and the red skull too that was that was a lot of fun i'm sure it's all terrific i don't <laughs> remember any of it 
All right. Ms. Marvel Girl says, if we record live from Fan Expo, she will feed us Timbits. That would be awesome. That's I don't know cool. if we'll be there this year, but uh, maybe we could do something there. It's motivation. Yeah. Dave McGinnis chimes in. He would love to see that, too. Ms. Marvel Girl says, I understand and respect you need to put aside your testosterone to weep over the death of Ultimate Peter Parker. And that is directed to Brennan. To Brennanator. Good yep. job, Ms. Marvel Girl. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Now we have our Dirty Lash section. Yeah. Dirty Lash. There Ooh, nice. Boom. New theme song for Dirty Lash. Inspiration just hit me. Record that. All right. So first one says, can you talk to Disney? I really want to see some crossovers like Donald Duck and Howard the Duck. No. No. That's not going to happen. Just a dead issue. We'd like to keep that stuff separate. Yes. All right. Another one from Dirty Lash. Uh, to you, Ben. Yes. Maybe you could start a twim incentive for regular twimomaniacs like me and Ms. Moral Girl and Levi P. Tompkins. Well, I mean, I think the twim incentive for you guys is you get mentioned on the show, you get your own theme songs, you get to be called twimomaniac. I, I don't know what more you want. Yeah, I, you know. We're, we're very good to you. Our, uh, our budget for this show is zero. Yeah. And our budget for the show is going to remain zero. Um, but, you know, like I said last episode, if you're a twimomaniac, if you're a regular listener, and you're at a convention I'm yeah, at, I will us. definitely hook you up with some swag. That is a guarantee. Yeah. Um, Just come to the Marvel booth, ask for us. We're yeah. both around at totally. a lot of conventions, and yeah. we'll find something. That's the best I can do on that one. Yeah. All right. Uh, another one from Dirty Lash. Thanks for my 10 twin points. Can I collect them to get a Twimomaniac prize or goodies? If you come, see, see previous answer. Come yeah. to, uh, <laughs> if you come to one of the conventions and find Ryan or myself, we will redeem your twin points for something. Whether it's swag, whether it's a handshake, yeah, maybe Ryan will autograph something for you. We'll sure, see. sure. We'll see. I remember once when I was at Wizard, someone asked me to autograph a copy of Wizard, and yeah. I was like, "What do they I asked do all with of, that?" They asked all of us to do it. At very, but it was yeah. it happened several times, yeah, and I was a bunch like, of times. "I just work on the magazine." Yeah, I remember there was a guy who was collecting the signatures of the entire staff. He like almost like he was doing it on the mass. He had almost everybody, and I was like, "Hey, right, whatever. Right. If that makes yeah. you happy, I'm glad. awesome." Dirty Lash asks another one about what comics have brought a tear to our eyes. Mm-hmm. For me, talk- Spider-Man Blue. That's definitely oh, uh, a heartbreaker. Blue, definitely. I, you know, all the Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale color books. Because yeah. Daredevil Yellow is, uh, yeah, is yeah. a sad one, too. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know what, actually the, the story that kind of inspired Daredevil Yellow, or at least was a jumping off point with the, the death of Karen Page. It's one I forgot last week mm. on the deaths one. Yeah. That's a very good comic. Yeah. All right, so RCS underscore T tweets, My Twim of the Week for last week was New Mutants number 8 on Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. <laughs> we convinced him to check out New Mutants. Nice. But he's behind. And that you know what? That's fine. That's fine. Catch, Catch up, up where you can. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, if you have Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited, that's a great way to read those books. That's New Mutants number 8 of the current series, so that's some Zeb Wells stuff. Yes. Zeb killed on that book for yeah. 24 issues. Did a great Just, job setting the plate. Yep, Dave McGinnis chimes in again. I appreciate the answer to my Professor X question, but why isn't he around? Well, he was last seen on Utopia. Um, he was kind of serving in a mentor role. Um, he was he was he appeared in Generation Hope. I was kind of trying to think of that. He didn't officially retire or anything like that. Yeah. But I think the sense he got was you know Cyclops has kind of assumed his role. He is the leader of the mutant nation, and also Magneto. You know who who. Professor X has kind of a, a piece with right now, but, you know, was his rival for many years, kind of has Cyclops' ear as far as being his mentor figure. You know, we saw Professor X in Prelude to Schism as well. So I think he is still around, but certainly recognizes 
that, you know, perhaps Cyclops doesn't want to be hearing from him right now. Uh, a lot of this stuff is under control. So I think he's kind of looking for his place in this new mutant world order. And again, you know, with AVX coming up, it certainly would stand to reason that we'll probably see him playing yeah. some sort of role. Yep. RCS underscore T says, interesting thought for this week in Marvel and the Twin Maniacs. If Deadpool succeeds in killing himself, will he have a part in AVX? Hmm. Well, will we have a Deadpool series? There are many so questions. So there's a lot of stuff to <laughs> ponder those to things, wonder. and we won't uh, we won't spoil anything. So you'll have to yes. read on to find out. And here's Peter Stewart. Uh, Peter Stewart 117. Another person explaining to Brennanator why he was <laughs> talking about William. So a lot of people got Brennanator this week. Uh, he's a good sport. We appreciate it. You should should definitely follow him on Twitter and send him nice messages as well. He edits a lot of great books, uh, from Scarlet Spider to Thunderbolts. All across. Send him so. some flowers for his sadness. Oh, yeah. Just tell him you're sorry he's sad. Yep. And to cheer up. Yeah. Dan McGinnis tweeting to letterer and writer Joe Caramagna. Yes, I just started with New Avengers number 37 after listening to the Marvel podcast this week at Marvel, and I really like it. And he also said, I read New Mutants number 38 last night, and I'm starting to get into it. Awesome. So it's terrific. Great. That's what we like to hear. At Brad the YM tweeted, and who's getting, I've seen his name before. Listening to This Week in Marvel while playing Play-Doh with my son. Audio good this week. Oh, is the whole Onslaught story on the Marvel app? Not all of it. I, I mean, if it's the original Onslaught story, uh, it's I, getting um, there. I think it's getting there in drips and drabs, but it's not all up there yet. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, the best way to read the whole Onslaught story right now would, would be in trade. Yeah. Uh, the whole saga was collected in the last few years, so yeah. it'll make its way to digital eventually, but for now, you're just going to have to track down the... Uh, the collection. Alex Gimmel <laughs> tweets that he mm. agrees with you about the Daredevil movie, uh, so we're going to keep going past That's that That's awesome. Question. We're getting a real groundswell of support here. I'm very excited. Great, great. Alex Gimmel also tweeted, my twim of the week this week, last week, was Uncanny X-Force number 22, and he's starting to believe he's a twimomaniac. Yeah. You can't let, resist it. Let twimomania run, ri- run, run wild. Run wild all over you. <laughs> Another one from Alex Gimmel. Just finished reading Uncanny X-Force 22 before listening to it, to the podcast, and then listening to the podcast made me laugh about the Deadpool-Wolverine exchange. It was great. Uh, it is, I think you mentioned it was like a couple's retreat. It was, a, yeah. They it's were great. talking about having I mean, a couple's retreat. Yeah. It was fun. Brad the YM says, is the Avengers cartoon coming to Canada? Have a good weekend. Why was that a question? Question mark, have a good weekend? Uh, yeah, that's... Uh... Oh, oh, were you asking if we had a good weekend? I don't know. I don't know when this was sent. Yeah, yeah that makes know. sense. It was sure. probably sent on Monday as we had a good weekend. Yeah. yeah. I had a good weekend. Yeah. It was great. You're speaking about Avengers, the Earth's Mightiest, the Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Season 2, which begins on Disney XD in the U.S. on April 1st. Uh, as for Canada, I honestly, I don't know yet. I'll ask Strami about that. We'll get some information because that's good to know. Uh, I know we were on, maybe we were on Teletoon previously. I don't know. Not being in Canada, I don't know as much about that. I don't remember all the exact stations up there. But we'll try and get that information for you. We don't want you guys to miss it. Captain Malcolm tweeted, Who really killed Hitler? In Dark Reign, the list, Avengers, Bucky said he did, but Torch said he did in Secret Avengers 23. You know, I mean, I think it's one of those things where... I kill... I want Everybody wants yeah. to be the person who killed Hitler. A lot of time has passed, so a lot of guys are getting in there trying to make their claims, take their claim. I... The, the one thing I'll say is Bucky said he did it, but it wasn't actually Torch who said he did it in Secret Avengers 23, but Captain America said Torch killed Hitler. 
I'm inclined to believe Steve Rogers know who's, knows who killed Hitler. Bucky's had his memories all scrambled throughout the years. Maybe there was like some, you know, implanted memory from, from the Russians that he got. I'm sure he means well, but in my mind, the Human Torch or Ryan killed Hitler. Yep. One of you guys. Yeah. Another one from Captain Malcolm says, Fact. Stetson's, Fez's, bow ties, and Agent M are cool. Even though you got my my Twitter name wrong, yeah. there's an underscore between the T yeah. and the M. That's okay. You get ten twin points for getting my reference to Doctor Who. Is there uh, is there an agent without underscore M out there? I'm sure Does he exists. Probably. Gotta look that guy or gal up. Yeah, uh, and also at Timmy Westside says Doctor Eleventh uh, Doctor reference in this week in Marvel. Nice. Yes. You know who's a huge Doctor Who fan? Dandy Dan Slot. It's true. So he is such a Doctor Who fan. He brought me back a uh, Dalek um, schematics poster from the Doctor Who experience in the UK when he went, which was super terrific. Yeah. Love me some Doctor Who. And I know while you... we're on the references, I'm going to end Miss Marvel Girl's search. She's been for months trying to figure out my Love is Like a Pile Driver reference. She got so close, she's going to say it. It's from the song Pile Driver from the 80s. <laughs> Sung by Coco Beware, WWF Hall of Famer, WWE Hall of Famer, I guess. Uh, Ms. Marvel Girl, I'm sorry this tortured you for so many weeks. Uh, I, will, I will direct you to a link to the YouTube video on Twitter, and all will be forgiven. Trust me. Yes. At Murphy of Spank, okay, tweets, <sighs> Modoc jobs to Spider-Man, R-O-F-L, love you guys. I'm glad you, you yes. dig our, our mix of wrestling and, and weird pop culture humor. Um, thanks for the tweet. Ms. Marvel Girl says, Is Sarah Bocelli off Ultimate Spidey for the foreseeable future? I really, really loved her art, and I am sad. Hashtag tears. Well, we have David Marquez coming on to do some issues. Um, Ultimate Spider-Man, the cool thing about that book is it's a nice place to give a lot of kind of up-and-coming talents a chance to ply their trade. I uh, can't say for sure Sarah Bocelli won't be back. I'm not sure the exact plans of that book right now. I know David Marquez is, is the next artist planned up and i don't know what's planned for sarah but yeah go ahead. i know that there's some i know that there's something planned for sarah I was gonna say, and i she's don't not know that we announced we announced part of it but i don't yeah. know that we announced her involvement yet so i don't want to get yeah. too specific about it just yet but don't worry yeah seriously sarah pacelli is incredible yeah. so her art will definitely yeah. be seen in our books soon and the bottom line is even if you don't see sarah pacelli on ultimate comic spider-man you will see sarah pacelli elsewhere and you will see great art on ultimate comic spider-man that is a book that has a great art pedigree and i know brian michael bendis um you know along with the editors on that book but bendis in particular with ultimate spider-man had a lot of input on who draws that book and he definitely wants to keep the, the momentum going there yep Ms. Marvel Girl also chimed in <clears throat> on the Jim Hammond, Bucky, Cap, Hitler shooting craze the that's sweeping the nation. It's Jim Hammond, man. Yeah, we're going with Bucky that. Bucky Cap is is out of his gourd yeah. as usual. Maybe you can go talk to Lauren or Tom and get a get a, get an I'll ad, see if I can get. Answer. I will investigate this for next week yeah. and uh, also you know you guys chime in with your opinions. Yep. All right, we're rounding the corner, almost done. We got Oof. a bunch from Gray Devil Thirteen. It's a marathon this yeah. week. Yeah. X Club must be saved from a simple limited run. Do it for science. Hashtag punching is forever. Great. I agree with you, Matt. It is hands down one of my favorite limited series we've done in years. Just incredible. Hopefully we can do more, but there's no, there are no plans to do more X Club at the moment. Yes. 
another one from Grey Double Thirteen. The way uh, this follows up on that. The way Agent M felt about New Mutants is how I feel about Cy Spurrier's X Club. Yes, it is. You know, it make, is, guys, make your voices heard. Yeah, and hopefully tweet we and get it buy on and share yeah. and and get the word out. The bu- the book's not done yet. There's still more issues to come. So make sure you buy those issues and the collection. That will definitely influence uh, what's going on there. Yeah. There's a question from Grey Devil 13 about Captain Marvel coming back. I don't know that there's any... There is a upcoming cover of Secret Avengers during ABX where someone who looks like Captain Marvel is on the cover. That's all we can say. Okay. Nothing beyond that. Fair enough. Last one from Grey Devil 13 says, Fantastic Four, by the way, is too damn good. Needs, needs to come out more than once a month. More cosmic badassery. Well, Grey Devil 13, you're in luck because even though Fantastic Four doesn't come out more than once enough, FF also comes out. So you can get two issues of first family awesomeness and cosmic badassery as you describe it because those books are really perfect companion pieces. If you're reading Fantastic Four and not FF, you are doing, your, you are doing yourself a disservice. It's true. All right, last couple comments and questions. Uh, Epoch252 said, after catching up with This Week in Marvel Episode 10, I felt compelled to dig out my old issue of Secret Defenders. Ooh. Loved that book. Yeah. And I, I actually tweeted back to Epoch saying, really, you had just one issue of Secret Defenders? But that's okay, because I also I only have t- had one. I have, yeah, everyone bought the first issue. <laughs> You're like, oh, look at that cover. I oh. I would only have the first issue, except there was one issue where Nova was one of the Secret Avengers, so I have two issues. But otherwise, I would only have yeah. one issue of Secret Avengers. That's the way Defenders. 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 I have many issues of Secret Avengers. Yes. I'm glad we can can help rekindle yeah. some nostalgia and get you back in your long boxes. Last two are from Ms. Marvel Girl <laughs> to you. Dude, what did you call us again? It's Twimmaniacs. Yes. Twim, T-W-I-M, A, and then Maniacs. Yep. Not Twimmaniacs. A lot of people made that mistake. Yeah. It's Twimmaniacs. Yeah. Think of Hulkamaniacs. Yes. If that helps you. We're the, cooler. The incredible Hulkamaniacs. <laughs> <laughs> fans of fans of the Hulk. Yeah, those guys and gals. All right, so final one is from Ms. Marvel Girl. Also, I dug Winter Soldier number two. Butchie is so hot on this book. Yeah. I want to throw it at Agent M so he can tear it up. You know, it's funny because I did an interview with, with Butch Guys back when we were both at Wizard, and he refers to himself as Butchie. No, he does not. There's no way Miss Marvel Girl Shut the front that. door. But yeah, he he calls himself. He was like telling a story about himself, and he's like, and he kept referring to himself as Butchie. So that makes me so happy. She knows she knows something we don't, I love and it. it's an awesome nickname to boot. And also, his art on that book is incredible. Fantastic. Yeah, that his his art and Betty Brightweiser's colors on that book. Yeah, perfect comment. Really great. All right, that wraps up another episode of This Week in Marvel. Woo! Thank you to Twim interns Nancy and Carrie. Yeah. Um, always helpful in getting this I like this that because it sounds like they're only interning for the podcast. Like, we just bring them in We may have that. to bring in a dedicated intern next semester. That's that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Hey, you know, it was great having Jim Biscardi yep. on this week. We should um, say to Twimmaniacs, if you guys know of people who work here at Marvel, who you follow on Twitter, who you know are in the office, and you'd like to see us have them on as a guest, tweet us and let us know, and maybe we'll see if we can we can get them on for a tick. Don't ask for, like, Bendis, because he lives in Oregon. And also, Bendis will go on other yeah. podcasts. I think what we can do here is bring you a voice from someone yeah. you're not going to hear from most exactly. times. And it, it, you, get a, you get a really cool perspective on working yeah. at Marvel that I think you won't find so, elsewhere. You know, editors, production people, yeah. anyone from across Marvel who you might be following. There's so many people on Twitter who, who have great feeds. Ask us and we'll, we'll try to get them on the show. Yep. Cool. So uh, thanks, Drami. Thanks, Ben. 
Thank you to all the listeners. We'll catch you next week. This is Marvel, your universe.